Welcome to the Better ROI from Software Development Podcast. A podcast aimed at those that fund software development and those that work with them. In a series of short weekly podcasts, I, your host Mark Taylor, hope to educate and inform on why traditional management processes won't get you the best return on your investment. And along the way, I'll provide advice on how to improve that. Hello, and welcome back to the Better ROI from Software Development Podcast. In the last few episodes, I've been looking at the state of DevOps report and what it says about some of the practices that can help us achieve better results. In episode 120, I summarized the state of DevOps report. In 121, I talked about what the report said about cloud computing. In 122, I talked about what the report said about documentation. And in the last episode, 123, what it said about specific DevOps technical practices. In this episode, I'll be taking a look at what the report says about security and its advice on specific practices. So why might this report be of interest to you? Firstly, to understand the importance the report puts on security. And secondly, the advice on how to get it right. But first, the recap. If you've not listened to the last few episodes, I'll quickly recap DevOps and the state of DevOps report. For DevOps, I like the Microsoft definition. Begin quote. A compound of development, dev, and operations, ops. DevOps is the union of people, process, and technology to continually provide value to customers. End quote. It's a marriage of traditionally opposing forces. Innovation and change out of the development team, while stability and limiting change out of the operations team. DevOps focuses on the business outcomes that needs a mix of the two. The state of DevOps report is in its seventh year of reporting on 32,000 professionals worldwide. Produced by the DORA team, DevOps Research and Assessment, it's the longest running academically rigorous research investigation of its kind. For me, it provides clear evidence of the benefits of DevOps and its practices. But many of the practices are universal. So even if you're not officially doing DevOps, I still think they provide benefit. One of the subjects receiving specific focus in the report is security. Now, this isn't much of a surprise to me. Security is critically important. I've actually recently devoted 11 episodes to it, 103 to 113, and it's likely to be a subject I revisit again in the future. The report is keen to highlight the growing quantity and sophistication of security threats, something that is only expected to grow, and to gain greater focus from governing bodies. I think it's safe to assume that the reputational damage and the fines are only going to grow for those organisations being caught out. As such, the report highly recommends shifting left and integrating security throughout the software development process. I discussed the idea of shift left in episode 119. Think of our traditional development process like a conveyor belt. Security would traditionally happen towards the end of the conveyor belt, if viewed from the side towards the right end of the conveyor. This is too late in the process. Similar to the theme running through many of the DevOps technical practices I talked about in the last episode, doing earlier is needed to produce better outcomes. We need to shift them left. If you invest 24 months in a software product only to review for security at the end, 
don't be surprised to be given a large list of remedial actions you need to take to make it secure. Also, don't be surprised to find that list effectively requires the rewriting of much of your investment. Doing it earlier, embedding it in the development process, allows for minor course corrections as you go. It may feel like you are progressing slower, but much better than to arrive at the entirely wrong destination and to have to repeat your journey. The report recommends five practices to help get this right. Test for security. Integrate security reviews into every phase. Security reviews. Build pre-approved code. And invite information security staff early and often. I'll start with test for security. I've talked many times about testing for the correctness of your software product. And this is the same thing, just focused on the security side. There is a growing ecosystem of third-party products to assist in this, something that I might explore in future episodes. Again, automation is key here. By automating the task, you can have the confidence it is done in a repeatable and reliable manner. And you have an audit trail of actions taken. I would expect in future, evidence of the quality and frequency of your testing will be taken into account during any fine calculations. The report claims 58% of respondents are testing for security. Next, integrate security review into every phase. The report defines this as, begin quote, integrate information security into the daily work of your entire software delivery cycle. This includes having the information security team provide input during the design and architecture phases of the application, attend software demos, and provide feedback during demos, end quote. Again, as I talked about in documentation, use something similar to the definition of done found in the Scrum framework. Effectively, a checklist of things that need to be completed to ensure that any development work is done. And this should be at the granular level, slices of functionality within the software product, rather than at the end of the product creation. Otherwise, we run the risk of missing core course corrections early and then having to pay the price for them. You will need to ask yourself how much of a diversion from that correct course can your organization tolerate and base the cadence of any security views on that. The report claimed that 54 respondents are integrating security views into every phase. Next, security reviews. The report defines this as Begin quote, conduct a security review for all major features, end quote. Having a dedicated event can be hugely beneficial in focusing a team. Even if they are performing security testing as part of the software development process, it can be useful to have a focused review. Similar to game days, I've previously suggested it allows us to ask the what if questions. It allows us to take a step back and take another look at what we're doing. It is also an excellent opportunity to bring in additional expertise, be that from other teams or from third parties, to get that fresh set of eyes. The report claims 60% of respondents are doing security reviews. Next, build pre-approved code. Having an internally known good variety of libraries for a team can be useful. Firstly, to avoid repeating work, and secondly, have confidence that security checks have already been done. 
For larger organizations, it makes sense to have dedicated systems teams providing common, secure libraries for other development teams. Providing not just pre-approved code, but providing guidance, training and advice. In smaller organizations, it may be a list of approved open source packages. The quality and thus security of open source varies greatly. It can put considerable risk on an organization to use third-party code without any form of audit process, especially if it's not a well-known package. And it is then critical that any approved internal code or open source package has processes around them to regularly review and ensure any changes are picked up by the dependent teams quickly. It's not uncommon for security flaws to be found in previously approved safe code. Thus, we need to be reviewing on a regular basis to assess if any of our previously approved code is now no longer safe. And in those instances, we need to make sure that we have clear communication to those teams that have taken a reliance on that code, along with the risk and any remedial actions that they need to take. I would, however, stress that having this set up, while may seem onerous, is preferable than every team investing in their own. The report claims 60% of respondents are building pre-approved code. And finally, inviting information security staff early and often. You should be leveraging whatever security knowledge you have in your organization. Some organizations will be big enough to have a dedicated information security team. But in many organizations, there has not been the investment to create a specialized team. If that's your organization, then I'd recommend creating a special interest group from across the business, a group that can meet, discuss and share security practices and then distill to the wider organization. I'd also recommend bringing in coaches and trainers to uplift that security knowledge. And regardless of how the team is formed, a dedicated team or a cross-organization special interest group, involve them early when starting new products. Use them to provide guidance and advice on how to build secure software. Use them to provide governance and identify gaps in reviews and demos. But remember, their aim should be to empower and enable the software development teams to build secure systems. The report claims 63% of respondents are inviting information security staff early and often. In this episode, I've given you a brief recap of DevOps and the state of DevOps report. I've reiterated the criticality of security in your software development, both in terms of my own views and what the report advises. And I've talked through the five practices that the report recommends. Test for security, integrate security reviews into every phase, security reviews, build pre-approved code, and invite information security staff early and often. In the next episode, I want to talk about what the report said about culture and what correlation it found in terms of how well teams did during the COVID-19 crisis. Thank you for taking your time to listen to this podcast. I look forward to speaking to you again next week. This podcast has been hosted by me, Mark Taylor. It has been produced by Red Folder Consultancy Limited, a consultancy that can help you achieve better return on your software development investment. You can contact them or sign up to the mailing list at red-folder.com 
or you can reach out to me on Twitter at redfoldermark. If you're getting value from this series, please tell a friend and help me grow my audience. <laughs>